Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the Midday Grind. 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. Charlie Marlowe, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio, Martin Kilcoin is on assignment today. So we have been for his normal Wednesday visit, Andy Strickland. What a day to be Andy Strickland. Really, what a couple of uh, weeks, weeks here. Not just a day. Right? I feel like you're lacking energy. Why do you say that? I just feel like you're lacking a little bit of energy. I thought I was pretty energetic there. No. I mean, for a day like today, 11 wins in a row, you've got, um, you know, the sun is actually starting to kind of peep out a little bit. And I expected a little more energy from you. Well, I feel like after calling me out that that response was kind of low energy, like like Jeb Bush during yeah, the debate. It How about might have that? been. Might have been. Seriously, though. Great to be here. What always. the hell's going on here? Because we're talking about draft picks about what two months ago. What the hell's going on out there? Um, this is fun. We were talking draft picks. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, there really is no explanation for it, um, except the fact that everybody's playing well at the same time. I mean... Now you say that all the time when teams are struggling. You know, what if you, you know, and, and maybe you get a couple of guys playing well, but the rest of the team isn't pulling on the same rope or isn't carrying their weight. And you always say, hey, what if everybody could just play well at the same time? And that's exactly what's happening right now. There isn't one player on the Blues roster who did not have a good game last night or didn't or who hasn't played well. I mean, there's one or two guys you could say, well, maybe they weren't at the top of their game in last night's overtime victory over Toronto, but for the most part over the course of this 11-game streak, it's not just one guy or two guy who's getting it done. I know Bennington and Tarasenko have gotten the bulk of the of the publicity, along with Ryan O'Reilly, but it's more than that. Tyler Bozak's playing some of his best hockey. Jay Bomeister's playing his best hockey in years. Parade. You can go down the line. It's not just one or two guys, and I think that's why People have good reason to be excited right now. Ryan O'Reilly has the game winner in OT. Blues beat the Leafs 3-2. O'Reilly now, 23 goals, 38 assists, 61 points in 59 games. Mm -hmm. He's matched his point total from last year. And you bring up a good point because I think when we talk about this turnaround, we don't mention O'Reilly as much. And I think it's because he's been so good all season long. You kind of take that for granted. Most consistent player. Right. But tell me if, if if I'm on base here. In terms of the four reasons the Blues have turned this around, and maybe we should rank them. I don't know if, if you had a different list. 
You got Craig Berube now twenty five thirteen and two mm-hmm. since he's taken over. Yeah. Jordan Bennington, obviously, who is I mean, what is he? Thirteen one and one as a starter, the sixth goalie in the history of the NHL to win at least thirteen of his fifteen starts. Tarasenko turning it on, and also that move of moving Shen to the wing, and maybe you can put that under mm-hmm. Craig Berube's coaching, but can you rank those for us as far as importance of why the Blues okay, are now so the best have team? Berube, Bennington, who else? Tarasenko, and I put the move of Shen, but maybe that falls under Berube's coaching. Okay. Uh-huh. Is so that what fair? Are the, what are the other two? I have Bennington, yeah. Tarasenko, yeah. Berube, <laughs> moving Shen. What am I missing? Oh, moving Shen. That was your fourth one. Um, okay, so, well, I got to go Berube number one. Hands down. Because... Now, we've seen this before, right, where a guy takes over midseason or early in the season and a team takes off. This is not unusual by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and a lot of times you just need a different voice. You know, we, this is kind of similar to when Ken Hitchcock took over and he ended up winning the Jack Adams Trophy that year. The team ended up winning the division when he took over for, for Davis Payne. But this year is, is just a little bit different just in terms of how they're playing and how they're winning games and obviously with the streaks. i got to go him, number one. Jordan Bennington, number two. Vladimir Tarasenko, number three. And what, we're going with Berube again, number four? Is that the deal, right? Because the move Shen. I know, I know. That line. Uh, no, that's been huge. But probably I would even go um, maybe in a different direction and – you know, just look at their team defense. I know they gave up 31 shots last night, um, but there's been a number of games over the course of this 11-game winning streak where they've given up fewer than 25 shots, and they've really cleaned up their play defensively, which you need to be able to do if you're going to win. But i got to start with Craig Ruby for this reason. I just think his ability to get the most out of everybody. We talk about everybody playing well at the same time. That doesn't happen without his influence and what he's done Um, to bring this team together, and I've said this numerous times now, and I'll say it again, but his ability to get the attention of everybody by holding each player to the same level of accountability. And what I mean by that is we all know that Mackenzie McEachern is not equal to Vladimir Tarasenko, but he treats them the same way, to the same level of accountability. So it's not unusual to see him get in the face of a Tarasenko or a Petrangelo or whoever it is. If they make a mistake, they're going to hear about it. But he does it in a very direct way where he doesn't cross the line. I think some coaches out there, Ken Hitchcock sometimes deals with this, where he can cross the line and maybe it's not having the impact with the player that you want to see, right? But I've never had a player tell me they don't like Craig Berube. Although I had a long conversation with Braden Shen about this yesterday, who played for Berube in Philadelphia when Berube was an assistant coach, then took over as the head coach. Same situation that we've seen here. And he said he's pretty much the same guy. Nothing's really changed. Huh. So he is who he is, uh, but he's had a drastic impact. But uh, Jordan Bennington, you don't win in the National Hockey League without goaltending. You just don't. And he settled down the entire team and the entire organization as a result because of his coolness, his calmness in between the pipes. Um, it's had a incredible impact on the rest of the team. So now you have a goaltender who's stopping the puck, and when you have, get goaltending, like I said, it's like quarterback play in the NFL. You don't have it, you can't win. They're getting it right now. I want to get to Bennington in a second, mm-hmm. but back to Berube real quick. Yeah. How interesting, intriguing is it? And I remember you were on the show maybe two months ago, yeah. and you talked about Berube potentially being – 
the coach of the Blues down the line, and I think we probably chuckled at that. Yeah. To be to be yeah. honest, yeah, we all talked about Coach and Q. Now he will be. Still are. Yeah. He okay. You will think be. Ruby for sure? For sure. I do. Okay. Because he's going to have an option somewhere else if it's not here. No, he'll have options sure. somewhere else, without a doubt. But it was presented to me like this a few weeks back, and that was. Um, if the Blues make the playoffs, he's the coach. If they don't make the playoffs, he probably won't be the coach. They're going to make the playoffs. And Craig Berube will be the head coach of this hockey club, in my opinion, when the season starts next year. I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that. I mean, you look at the way they've played. They're on an 11-game winning streak. They're the hottest story in the National Hockey League right now. They've come from all the way back, being last in the NHL just a few weeks ago to being where they are right now. This is an incredible run, but it's not just a run. It's how they're playing. I mean, look how hard they're working. You know, I don't like sometimes you know use this term while they're all buying in whatever. They're just playing hard, and they're playing as a group. They're playing for one another. You know, Vladimir Tarasenko, when he was scoring forty goals a couple years back, he had a diversity to his offensive game that we hadn't seen the last couple of years. And what I mean by that, his ability to score in different ways. You know, he was kind of a one-trick pony last year. Just played on the perimeter. Uh, relied on a shot for his uh, goal scoring. And, you know, now he's attacking the net. We've seen him score goals, beating defenders one-on-one. He's getting deflections. He's picking up loose change. Remember a couple of games ago where he dove to get the rebound in front of the net to slam it home? And he's also scoring goals from the outside using his incredible release. And this is the Vladimir Tarasenko that people expected to see all the time. I mean, he looks like a Hart Trophy candidate. He won't be because he won't have the point total, and he didn't have a good first half. But this guy is one of the most dangerous offensive weapons in the entire league, one of the best players in the entire league, and it's because what we've seen over the course of the last 15 games or so, even before this 11-game winning streak, you saw his game starting to come on. And I asked him, I said, what's the difference in your game right now where you're starting to come on offensively? And he said to me, he said, hey, for the first time all season, I'm not hurting. You know, so he had that offseason shoulder surgery, complete reconstruction. Um, he came back in four months when the timetable was six months. Doug Armstrong told me in the offseason that this is the fastest Ray Barilli, who's the longtime trainer, mm-hmm. has ever seen a player return to full strength after having that surgery ever in his time here. I think he's been here well north of 20 years, so it's been a long time. But to see um, Vladimir Tarasenko put the work in, even though he wasn't healthy, now he's healthy and he's back to being a legitimate dominating force every single night. And you can win a lot of hockey games with Tarasenko playing like this. So at the end of this year, even if a a Hall of Famer like Coach Q, let's say, wanted to come to the Blues, mm-hmm. is it at the point, though, that the Blues are playing so well, which is obvious, 11 games in a row, it's a franchise record. This team is just playing so well right yeah. now under Craig Berube yeah. that it's like you can't go in any other direction. And I get that. I, I think it would be very tempting, you know, if Joel Quinville said, hey, listen, I want to come to St. Louis. I think it would be very tempting. But um, you got a guy in Berube who's going to be much cheaper, right? And you're getting results. I mean, how much better could Joel Quinville be for the Blues right now? Now, we're not in the postseason, and there's still a lot of hockey to be played. That's the one thing about this division and this conference right now. And, and why I love the fact that nobody's popping champagne inside the Blues dressing room right, right now. You know, they're playing Gloria and all that, you know? Love it. But, but there's no champagne popping. And I think the media yesterday, was they were looking for those answers 
after the morning skate yesterday from Craig Berube and from the players, like, hey, you just got back from the road, you won all these games. I mean, it's just the most exciting, the best, and they're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. We just got we got another game to play tonight. So I think they realize that just as fast as they climb the ladder in the standings, you take your foot off the gas, you can fall back pretty quickly as well. So the focus is there, and that's huge also. You know, it's not always about um, how many points you have and where you fall in the standings once you get to the postseason, but it's how you're playing when you get into the playoffs. The Blues had some monster seasons where they finished with well north of 100 points. But they also sometimes limped their way in, didn't play their best hockey the last, you know, seven to ten days of the regular season. You want to make sure you're hitting all cylinders, you're playing good hockey, and entering the playoffs with the same level of confidence they have right now. You love Blues buzz. Yeah. Can you feel the building buzzing? It seems like the town is certainly buzzing. You check the numbers. NBC Sports PR says last night's game, 7.7 rating in St. Louis. And that Mm -hmm. was on NBC Sports Network, not on Big NBC. Right. Highest-rated regular season Blues game ever in the STL market. Mm -hmm. You get basically 18,600 people there, a sellout on a Tuesday with weather coming. Unbelievable. People are just obsessed with this team right now, and it's awesome to see. Yeah. A lot of Toronto fans there, too. Where do all these Canadians come from? They're (laughs) kind of like the New York Yankees of the NHL. I mean, Maple Leaf fans show up everywhere. But I had never seen a game in St. Louis against Toronto with that many Toronto fans in the house. But, I mean, there's no doubt it was dominated by Blues fans. And, um, listen, people, that's why I always say St. Louis is such an underrated hockey market. People love hockey here. And I know they've never won a Stanley Cup, but there have been so many great players that have come through here, and there is so much history with the St. Louis Blues over the course of the last, what, 52 years that... They're, they're a major fabric of the community. I mean, they are a huge part of St. Louis. So I know sometimes if they're struggling or not playing well, people just kind of dismiss the Blues and dismiss the NHL and hockey, but they have an unbelievable, incredible fan base. And I think people around the league know that, who have come into St. Louis for years and years and years. But when this team is good and they're going the way they are right now, I don't, nobody should be surprised that they get a turnout last night. That was the best crowd of the season, without a doubt. I mean, just the energy. I mean, you hear the oohs and the ahs with every missed shot and every scoring chance. That felt like a playoff atmosphere. And if this team continues to do what they're doing right now, um, with that type of home ice advantage, because remember earlier in the year they weren't they were struggling at home. They were winning games on the road, but they were struggling at home. Now all of a sudden it feels like for the first time all year going back to maybe the Nashville game a few weeks, like a week and a half ago, whatever, over the weekend, um, you feel like it's a true home ice advantage. And it hasn't felt like that downtown at the Enterprise Center in a while. And to be fair, Jake Allen splits, especially mm-hmm. early. He had some rough ones at yeah, home. he's good on the road. And that, that kind of plays into the whole goalie talk in Jordan Bennington. As we said, ninth consecutive win, now 13-1-1, sixth goalie in history to win at least 13 of his first 15 starts. He's 937 save percentage, 161 goals against. That would lead the NHL in both those categories mm-hmm. if he qualified. Obviously, he doesn't, but the league leaders are 930 and 2.08, so his goals against is ridiculously lower. Again, he hasn't yeah. he hasn't started enough games. But my question is, because this guy was kind of a minor league lifer grinder, even though he was a third-round pick and he's mm-hmm. 25, but 
is it fair to say for the better part of four or five years, we kind of, I don't want to say forgot about him, but he wasn't talked about like no, Billy No, they did forget about him, but this guy put up numbers in the American League. It wasn't like he just was average. This guy's been really good down there, too. But he's never gotten the opportunity to be the guy. You know, a few years back when he was, he got the Chicago Wolves in the playoffs. He was incredible down the stretch. He had a game in the first round. I think they lost in the first round. It's a, it's a five-game series in the American Hockey League in the first round before it moves on to being a seven-game series the rest of the way. He was incredible, incredible in that first round. And a few weeks later, the Blues made the T.J. Oshie trade, and they brought Phoenix Copley on board, and all of a sudden Phoenix Copley becomes the number one, and he jumps ahead of Jordan Bennington. But again, I've said it over and over. I mean, this guy's resume, I mean, he was the OHL goaltender of the year in junior, one of the top-rated goaltenders entering his draft year. I think he was ranked third among all North American goaltenders entering his draft year. Um, He was the top goaltender at the Memorial Cup, even though they didn't win it. He won an OHL championship at 17, which I don't expect people to understand what that means, but... That doesn't happen. Like, you don't get 17-year-old goaltenders who win OHL championships. I mean, that's typically for 18- and 19-year-old goaltenders who have already gone through the NHL draft. It doesn't happen with 17-year-olds. So, um, you know, he played in the the top prospects game. He represented Canada at the World Junior Championships. You know, he was an all-star in the American Hockey League. So it's not like this guy just became good overnight. And believe me when I tell you this, because he's told me this flat out, he's got a major chip on his shoulder. He was very, very upset that it took this long for him to get an opportunity. And what we're all finding out about Jordan Bennington right now, because, again, he came into the season fourth on the depth chart. I mean, if Billy Huso isn't down with a high ankle sprain, and he was in St. Louis yesterday getting looked at by the Blues medical staff, He's not even here right now. I mean, we got Billy Huso here right now, and there's a chance that Billy Huso's having the same type of run because they're really high on what he can do moving forward and his potential as a as an NHL goaltender. But Jordan Bennington is doing what he thought he could do all along, and he was just waiting for that opportunity. But again, his level of frustration boiled over. When they asked him to go to the East Coast Hockey League out of training camp last year, because the Blues didn't have an American Hockey League affiliate and they could only send one goalie down to San Antonio. And that one goalie was Billy Huso and he had nowhere to go. He refused to go. He said no. He went home and literally sat at home for a couple of days until the Blues found him a place and they loaned him to Providence. And the Boston Bruins organization where he was, they absolutely loved it. I've talked to people with Boston over the course of the last few weeks and they're not shocked at all. They thought this guy was really, really good. In fact, one guy told me they tried to get him and bring him over to the Boston organization. So it's a good thing the Blues hung on to him. But he would have been a free agent if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't meet 28 games this year, then he'll be a UFA. But he's going to get to 28 games. And I'll finish it with this. I'll say this about Jake Allen, because Jake Allen getting a shutout the other day I think was huge to allow him to feel a part of this run. Because, you know, you can feel really isolated when you're the backup goaltender and you're not playing. Having him get a shutout and be a part of this 11-game winning streak I think is huge for his psyche. Don't be shocked if he plays a role before this season is done. And I mean a big role and doesn't have a say in in a number of big victories for the St. Louis Blues. I think it's going to take more than just Jordan Bennington. 
you're going to have Jake Allen get in there. He's got some experience. He plays his best hockey traditionally down the stretch in April, in, or March and April. And this guy will play some, some good hockey before it's all said and done and have a big say in, in how this team does. Questions and comments for Strick on the text line, 855-282-8255. First of all, a compliment. I saw this as well. Mm. People loving your suit on the postgame show Sunday. You, Frank, Cam Jansen. They want to borrow your suit. That's our guy splashback. <laughs> and then a couple questions you gotta go here. Got to bespoke in in, uh, in Clayton for sure. Yeah. One question before we get to our Schnooks athlete of the week, Spider Guy says, "Hey Strix, how much of a difference maker has O'Reilly been? He's obviously making a difference during games, but how has he changed the mentality in the locker room?" That's from Spider Guy. Oh, you know, it's a great question, Spider Guy, because you know what he's done. Uh, he, you watch it how all the young guys just gravitate towards him because of his work ethic, like. He was doing this in training camp, but I remember tweeting about it, and I got a phone call from Kevin Shattenkirk who said, Ryan O'Reilly was doing this as a rookie when they were together with the Colorado Avalanche. And Carlo Koliakobo, who played with him in Buffalo, told me the day that, that he was traded here that he's the best teammate he's ever had. and Because he kind of came here with a little bit of a bad rap. I think there was some... You know, I, I, he needed to get out of out of Buffalo. But best teammate he's ever had and the hardest working teammate that he's ever had. And to see him in the summer when he first got here and then into training camp, to see him on his own, how hard and how much work he puts into it, it wasn't a situation like some guys do it because, you know, they know the coaches are maybe watching or management's in the stands. And they want to kiss a little butt or whatever, and maybe it's phoniness. There's nothing phony about this guy, and I mean that, man. And I, I would I, I would say otherwise if there was. But to watch one by one more and more young guys start staying on the ice after practice with Ryan O'Reilly and going out there early and now seeing veteran guys be a part of the O'Reilly Hockey School, the Factor Hockey School, it's a real thing. <laughs> And to see now how big his group is and how much it's grown since day one, you can't underestimate what he's meant to this team on the ice during games, but also just in the dressing room and the influence he's had on everybody. I mean, the coaches are, like, blown away by this. Management, completely blown away. And I'll tell you this, just being around the game for a long, long time and covering the NHL for 20 years— and being around the game as a young I've never seen anything like it, ever. Andy Strickland, Fox Sports Midwest. You love youth hockey, covering high school hockey. We have our Schnucks High School Athlete of the Week. Some mid-states hockey we're talking. I've even covered a little bit on uh, Monday nights, Queenie Park. We have yeah, Mark you, Fisher. You're all over it. You know who's cutting your grass, though? Who's all over Who's your... that? Oh, Earl Austin Jr. Earl, Earl. But, hey, we have Mark Fisher, head hockey coach of Kirkwood, on the phone line right now because his player, Trevor Buchanan, is our Schnooks High School Athlete of the Week. Mark, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. We're doing great. So tell us about uh, Trevor. 15 goals, 12 assists, leads Kirkwood in points on the year, four-year varsity player. Why is he uh, putting up this uh, these great numbers for you? <laughs> uh, so prior to talking about Trevor, hey, Streck, um, li- uh, listen to Ryan O'Reilly give an interview after the game. He- he's the most humble guy. He talks about his teammates first. Talks about, you know, um, 
how he incorporates his teammates and, and everything that he does. Um, it, it really is uh, – it makes me want to shed a tear every once in a while listening to that guy do a post-game interview. But anyway, back to, uh, to Trevor Buchanan. He's, um, he's been a four-year varsity player for us. He's been a great player. Um, he's a little bit selfish to start as a freshman. Uh, didn't want to buy into you know, some of the unglamorous things like back-checking, D-zone coverage, things that are hard. Uh, but over the course of time, he showed those you know, over the four years that um, he grew into a leader, and, and he's a guy that everybody kind of gravitates to towards in the locker room. So, um, you know, he's definitely uh, – this is an award that's you know, well-earned for him. So, so Mark, uh, your team, the Pioneers, in the Mid-States semifinals facing SLU on Saturday at the St. Peter's Recplex. Give us a preview of this game. Uh, you know, what are yourself and Trevor going to have to do to try to get a win against the Junior Bills? Yeah, so, you know, uh, SLU's ranked number one coming into the semifinals. We ended up uh, with the five seed. Um, we, we played them a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had a standout uh, goaltending performance from our goalie, uh, Mitchell Day. We've actually got two outstanding goalies. Um, you know, it's just going to take a lot of hard work and, and buying in. And, um, you know, I always talk about doing the, the non-glamorous things and, you know, being a, a guy that, you know, doesn't drive by and is a, you know, works hard in the corners and goes to the dirty areas and things like that. So um, it's going to take a lot of that uh, for a win. So, so Trevor Buchanan, four-year varsity player, again, leads you guys in points. What are his college prospects? Will he play hockey at the next level? Um, no, uh, he will not. Um, you know, he was in the AAA program for a couple of years, and he just didn't have really the passion to – to really work hard and do bigger and better things with his hockey career, which is perfectly fine. Um, you know, there's a possibility he could play club hockey next year, which, which is, you know, it's, it's okay hockey. It's not, it's not great hockey. It's, it's still, you know, uh, playing for your school and, um, uh, you know, it keeps them in the game. So, um, you know, nothing in terms of, you know, NCAA or anything bigger and better in terms of hockey next year. So, so Mark, uh, I live in the Kirkwood School District. I love to see the public schools as well getting involved in hockey and, and making deep runs. What are numbers like in terms of uh, Kirkwood, in terms of hockey, and getting guys out there to play? Um, so at Kirkwood, the, the numbers are pretty strong. We obviously have a youth program uh, at Kirkwood. Um, so there's a lot of kids that, you know, kind of feed through that program. There's only, you know, say maybe 10, 12, you know, uh, youth programs around, you know, the St. Louis metro area. So, um, you know, there's a lot of kids that grow up in the area and then end up coming to the high school. So, you know, our, our numbers are always strong. And, um, you know, that, that really is a blessing. So um, it makes it fun to coach having the available players. Well, Mark, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and good luck to yourself and Trevor Buchanan, our Schnucks High School Athlete of the Week, as the Pioneers take on SLU on Saturday at the St. Peter's Recplex in the Mid-States Semis. Thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. All Thank right, you that's for Mark. shopping at Schnucks. I always forget that great drop at the end, which is fantastic. Mark Fisher there, the Kirkwood hockey head coach. They they've got some big games coming up. <laughs> that, was, that was your takeaway? They're in the semifinals. In the semifinals. They're in the semifinals <laughs> um, because you have Chaminade and DeSmet, I believe. So SLU taking on Kirkwood, that's going to be tough for anybody. SLU's a legitimate powerhouse. And I've, uh, I have to say, been here almost 11 years. Mm-hmm. I covered a little bit of high school hockey here and there. Of course, you guys do a great job Toledo on Midwest. Toledo Walleye. Walleye. No, but I'm Mud saying, Hens is baseball. Yeah. Right? Mud Hens is baseball. Yeah. But yeah. I'm talking about St. <laughs> Louis high school hockey. Uh-huh. And then this winter, we tried to kind of make it a thing on Mondays. Yeah. 
because there's a lot of games at Queenie Park. So I probably went out there three, four times, and mm. it's fun to check out the high school hockey well, on Monday. The fans get into it, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah, the students really get into it. It's, uh, it's a different environment than what you find with the other sports. I think because they're not on campus. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids can kind of pre-party and do their thing, what they want, away from the <laughs> rink. I'm not suggesting that they should do that. You Drinking be soda and hot oh, pretzels. And they're, exactly. So um, so then they go to the rink. They kind of just feel like they're a little bit freed up. You know what I'm saying? The fans are. You're not, you're not going to the school to sit in the bleachers at the school gym to cheer on your basketball team. You're away from school. So And the, the kids get into it, especially these private schools. But I'm with you. I like seeing the public schools get back into it. You know, back when I was in high school, the public schools were um, better than the private schools, to be honest. I don't think a private school won a championship. I think CBC maybe won one when I was in high school. But, you know, Parkway West went to a final. Uh, Parkway South won a couple of championships. Parkway Central won a championship back when I was in high school as well. All right, Andy Strickland, coming up next. I you want to do more? North, you want to do more Park, blues? Only Parkway that w- didn't get there. Yeah. Well, you still got time here yeah. down the road for the we Vikings. We can talk about whatever. Or a little baseball. Uh, oh, is that my option? I'm just saying. Strick just now hockey. found out about the Carlos Martinez injury, so I'm not well, sure. Well, he's got some. Uh, he's got a sh- shoulder impingement. Is that what uh, it is? According to my staff, yeah. Okay. Is that All Dr. Right. Rick? He's still going to use his uh, red baseball glove, hopefully. And mm. what color hair will he come out with? But he cut the hair. He had the crazy hair at the beginning mm. of camp when I was there yeah. last week yeah. with the red in it, but then he cut it. So yeah. uh, And there's some other things see. we can get into with the Blues as well. They play Dallas tomorrow. They come back home. we got Trent Frederick going to be here on Saturday for an afternoon affair. Speaking of high school hockey, he went to DeSmet, played in the Challenge Cup um, downtown at the uh, – it, was, it wasn't the Enterprise Center at the time, but you know now he's playing for the Boston Bruins, man, so – Lots of good stuff happening. All right, more with Andy Strickland coming up next on the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.